yep, we're serving up tricks and treats this year for Halloween. Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, as always, I'm your boy, Sherm. I got my co-host and, and partner in crime, Old Betty, with me on the ones and twos. Uh, bringing back another uh, guest that's with us this week, hailing from Philadelphia. Well, currently hailing from Philadelphia. The professional sports fan, Chris, is with us. Uh, once again, <laughs> good to have you back on, sir. Let's get right into it. Wanted to briefly discuss some NBA latest news that they were actually going to say the NBA, the new NBA season will start sooner than later, or what they're trying to do is start sooner than later. They're actually going to try to start the new season um, this year, right before or right around Christmas time. It was originally going to say they were going to start early in 2021. Obviously, things got pushed back and all that. I think they're trying to get back on track somewhat a little bit by kind of pushing up the start. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they're going to push it ahead and go ahead so early and with a 72-game schedule, possibly right before Christmas Day. We all know Christmas Day is a big day for the NBA. But so this is kind of interesting, Obed, that <clears throat> they're going to, like I said, have a short, you know, 72-game season, have a playing tournament for the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I think for me, I think it's still too soon, especially for teams who were in the bubble, teams who didn't make the bubble. <laughs> They got a whole bunch of time off, so they're good. But for teams out of the or that were in the bubble, is I think to me it's a little bit too soon. Would you agree? I would agree. I think it's a little too soon. Uh, I mean, I, you know, on, on the plus side, I will say that it makes sense to grab fans during the, the thick of the NFL season when people are locked into their TVs right now. I think it really worked out for them to have those multiple sports as opposed to one on its own, um, especially with play, baseball is now over. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I, I think it gives an opportunity for basketball to step back in and can remain having that viewership because even when they were like the one show on the road, I don't know if their even their viewership was as good with everyone's stuck at home really only being able to watch a few sports if any between soccer and basketball that being said uh are the players ready to so quickly leave their families again for a non-bubble situation which might actually incur the issues that they didn't have when they had the bubble right the bubble was a huge massive success and i think they want to ride the coattails of that success into a new season but obviously we've seen that not having uh not having that closed isolated system will cause problems and you know i don't know if you can go, go and say okay well hey the bubble work let's do a bubble again you're not removing people for I mean what was it six eight weeks that they were in the bubble versus yeah. saying like an entire season I don't think people are going to do that again they spent so much time away from their families and not playing this should be a break for me this should be a chance for me to go back and be with the ones that I love that I wasn't able to see through all of this and celebrate with them that I got through it successfully or even you know score a, a got a championship right yeah I mean Great point, Obed. Chris, I'll, I'll go to you next here. I mean, starting up so quick, as Obed really just said, do do you want to have an entire season in a bubble? How are people going to react to that? What's it going to be like? You know, it's one thing to have it for a couple months for a few teams, and once you're done, you go, you get to go home. But really for a whole season like that, it's going to be a different aspect. They're trying to – I believe they're trying to arrange some sort of travel plans, you know, to go back and forth, but I'm not sure what's going to work or how it's going to work for that matter. I mean, that's interesting. This is the first time that I'm hearing about a possible bubble for an entire season. I, I never knew that was even on the table. Uh, but in regards to, I think, is it too soon to start the season to, in December? Absolutely not. I mean, these players were off for over three months before the bubble started. And to your guys' point, uh, the majority of teams didn't make it past a few weeks anyway. So, I mean, really, when it breaks down, when it breaks down to it, it's really only comes down to the, you know, conference champions in the East and the West. Those teams had to go a lot longer than obviously, you know, um, you know, the Lakers, you know, being the champions. And, and I saw, you know, recently LeBron and um, actually, I'm sorry, it was Danny Green saying he wouldn't be surprised if some of the, the senior guys such as him, LeBron, took the first few weeks or month off anyway. So I don't think it's too quickly to uh, return to play. Um, if we get down to a bubble situation again, entirely, that's not a feasible situation for anyone involved six, seven months of such set event. Um, you'll see it probably go back to more of what the other uh, professional sports leagues have done, i.e. Uh, MLB, NFL, um, where it's kind of like, you know what, trial by fire. And, and this is just, this is the new normal. This is what we're going to deal with. Uh, the consequences are what they are, and we'll adjust and move on, especially once and hopefully a vaccine becomes available. 
Well, okay, Chris, to your point, what you just said, let me back up for one quick second here. Do you think that taking a month off, that like, would possibly either saying you, Danny Green, LeBron, do you think that the guys actually would want to do that, be away from their team to not play the sport that they love so much to kind of just miss, let's say, a, you know, a good, a good chunk of games? Because what if it come down to the playoff seating later on and you're, you're off by, you're, you're missing out by four or five games. And you know what, if you had your those top guys in, you could have actually made a, you know, a, a higher seat or something like that, or even made the play, make the playoffs. That could, that could actually hurt some people. Right. Well, sir, let me ask you, let, let's look back to, you know, uh, previous years, especially like when Olympics and uh, summer, you know, summer games and things of that nature were around. Um, I remember there was a time where, you know, LeBron, the D Wade's Carmelo Anthony's Kobe Bryant's of the world, they were playing entire seasons going into trainings for the Olympics uh, summer, summer games two years prior to the actual Olympics. So they were literally having no offseason. They were playing 10 out of 12 months, if not more, a year. And let's not act like these guys aren't playing on the weekends with their buddies, with their boys hanging out. I mean, they're still playing ball all year round. Um, I think it's more of a PR uh, push at this point, honestly, from the athletes trying to say that it's unfair for them to have to go back to work two months later after they just got off. I don't know about you guys. I would love to have two months off of work. <laughs> I think I think I would do it. I'm pretty sure Obed would feel the same. Feels the same way, right? Oh, bro, I, I work in the tech industry. I, I work from home. I, I don't need months off. I can go take this party to a beach and work from there. Mm. <laughs> Yo, let me work on the beach, dude. I don't get no work done, son. <laughs> My head will be on a swivel all day long, if you know what I mean. Hey, try to get popped. You got to be ready. It's a kickoff. I <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> hey, I feel you. Let's move it along, folks. We're going to talk about some college football next. Chris, I know you want to jump in here uh, where we're talking about first up Penn State, number eight Penn State loses to unranked Indiana. Uh, that late game scoring touchdown proved to be pivotal when he, when the running back from Penn State scored the touchdown, stopping the clock and giving Indiana the opportunity to go downfield and tie up the game and send the game into overtime. Um, this actually happened later on in the NFL that very next same day. But Chris, uh, I know we're Penn State all day, but I mean, what, what can we? What, I'm just going to let you go here and what your thoughts on this game and the move and what can we expect from Penn State the rest of the season? Because it doesn't look too good starting next week. I mean, sure, it comes down to more than a player, too. And just like you said, the miscue of the Penn State running back late in that game, what we saw the very next day with Todd Gurley, uh, basically leading to his team, leading to his team losing the game as well, uh, scoring on a play where you probably should have down at the one, proves costly in that game, too. Um, and then just a lot of injuries and unfortunate situations for Penn State at this point. Uh, they lost their lead back from last year, uh, Kane, for the rest of the year uh, with a heart uh, condition. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kane, I'm sorry, had the high ankle sprain. My apologies. Um, they lost their number one back, Journey Brown, from last year with, with the heart um, situation. So now they're relying on true freshmen. But this game, Sherm, my God, James Franklin, and I have been saying this at the top of the mountain for three years now. If I want my next president, my next governor, my next mayor, my next president of the student council of State College High, I want James Franklin. He is my guy. He is the mm -hmm. one of the greatest motivators, mm -hmm. influencers, recruiters, and one of the best human beings I have ever, ever been around. He is an awful X and, o, X and O coach. There is a reason that this guy has not been getting the looks from the NFL teams like other high-profile coaches, IA Dabu Sweeney, have been getting the looks to go to the NFL because he is not an in-game situational X's and O's coach. There should be no reason any Penn State fan, even though we all know we're so one-sided, only looking at it from the Penn State point of view, there is no reason this game should come down to a two-point conversion in overtime against Indiana, who has not beaten a top-10 team since I think I was born. Let's put it facts. this way. Facts. What's that? I said facts. Facts. Absolute facts. There is no reason it should come down to that play. Whether you say yes, the, the quarterback stretch out, it broke the plan and it didn't. Oh, there was a review. It shouldn't have happened. All oh, those refs ran off the field before we can ask him about it. It doesn't matter. It's inconceivable. And, and doggone flabbergasting that he even got into that point. 
and I'm getting too heated right now, taking up too much of a bed in yours, Tom. I need to hear where you guys are on this. I, I still can't believe it came down to it, Chris. I'm 100% with you on this. The fact of the matter is you you let Indiana come back in this game. Um, you, let, you let Michael Penix, the Indiana quarterback, look like an all-star towards the end of the game because he was really looking subpar for the most part for the first three quarters. In that fourth quarter, he kind of turned it on. Um, but, man, I don't get it. Um, Obed, I don't know if you ch- got to check most of the game out, but man, and the fact that the matter is, Penn State, you're ranked in the top 10 in the country. I mean, and remember, this season is a lot different, folks. We all know they're only playing what eight games this season because of the whole pandemic. We started late, so every game counts. And now you go into this week going up against Ohio State. Oh, I, I don't think they have a chance going forward if they're going to complete compete like this, Obed, right? Yeah, there's no shot. I mean, I, I loved uh the WWF as much as everybody else. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, Vince McMahon's about to walk out the stage because you got no chance. That's what you <laughs> got. Um, let me give you some numbers here. Uh, so this top 10 ranked Penn State team you guys are, are talking about right now that your blood is boiling, um, these guys gave up 41 rushing yards and three touchdowns. 19 of 36 for 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception and 19 minutes and 35 seconds of time of possession to an Indiana team. And somehow you lost that game 36 to 35. What in the diggity dog nonsense is that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Penn State, you held the ball for 40 minutes and 25 seconds, and you're telling me it came down to a last-second play? I don't know what that is. That's definitely not defense. Okay, you're about to go into the Lions' den with a team that rushed for 215 yards, four touchdowns, and had 33 minutes and 14 seconds of possession in the OSU team that beat Nebraska. So I don't know what you think is going to occur. I don't don't know how Penn State plays this game out against Ohio State, but I don't see them coming out of this any different than 0-2. No, Ben, you are entirely right. I have been saying this forever. Penn State is a perennial, very, very, very good college program. They are not a great college program. They are not an elite college program. You know what elite programs do? They go down by a touchdown in the first quarter of their first game, a la Ohio State and against Nebraska. And then what happens? They beat them by 40. That's what an elite program does. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not what Penn State does. Not letting a team that shouldn't even barely be playing the practice squad. They should be your warm-up game. There's no reason they should even be in that game. To all the stats you throw out there, Obed, it's exactly right. James Franklin. James Franklin is the reason for this loss. Is this something that he's going to end up getting fired for or in trouble for? Absolutely not. But at the same time, I think there needs to come a point where you need to understand that this is not the guy to get you to the status of an Alabama and Ohio State, as recently now as a Clemson, and even on an all-time level as a Michigan. This is not the guy that's going to get your program to that point. Yeah, I 100% agree, dude. I mean, we've been on the cusp for so long, but we can't get over the hump. And it's always some sort of stumble that bring that pulls us back, you know? And it's unfortunate. Um, I don't see us. I don't see Penn State coming out with the victory this weekend against Justin Fields and, and that Buckeye squad. I think Justin Fields is one of the top players in the country. I said it last. I liked him last year for the even for the Heisman. I know Joe Burrow got that, but I, I've been saying this last year. Justin Fields is a stud, man, and he's gonna he's gonna continue to ball out. So I mean, I'm sorry, but sorry, Penn State fans, but hashtag just saying. Uh, move, let's move it along. Uh, Wisconsin apparently has two quarterbacks test positive for COVID, including the head coach Paul Christ. And they shut down the facility, so their game against Nebraska will not be rescheduled, Chris. Um, how does this kind of affect, I guess, maybe even their kind of chances of making a playoff game, you know, having a lesser game or what have you? What's, what's going to happen here? Well, actually, sure, and they had 12 total positive cases. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that sparked the shutdown. And, and it's kind of crazy is with the Big Ten coming back in, part of their stipulations, because remember the, the, the ruling on this was 76%. Uh, to not play, and then because of outside forces and everything else involved, um, you know, this uh, outside, you know, uh, influence, I guess is the right word, uh, they decided to play season. So now when players test positive, 
they have to go out for a mandatory 21 days, which I'm sorry. I, we've learned a lot more about this virus at this point. I think that's absolutely ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there for another conversation. But um, you know what's crazy is that in the, the ruling of the Big Ten this year, that you have to have a minimum, minimum of six games played to be in the Big Ten championship or mm -hmm. two less than the total of the entire conference. So say everyone in the conference only has four games that they played because of various, you know, cancellations and things like that. That means you could potentially have a Big Ten participant in the championship game with two wins. How would that look, guys? How I just I need to know how how this does that is, look? This if you're is a three win team and you go against an Alabama or whatever that's in that three four spot that played nine games and they're nine and oh and you're three and oh, how does that look? So does this hurt their chances at being in the Big Ten championship to your question? I don't really think it does, <laughs> but we don't really know what's gonna happen in the Big Ten this year. You know, and I think I'll bet I think I mentioned it maybe a week or so ago we were talking about college football that it's I don't think they should have kind of gone with this, you know, having how fair is it to someone who goes, let's say, seven or nine and oh, or somebody else goes seven, like oh, six and oh, or whatever the case, you know, somebody played more or less games than each other. It's not fair. Well, yeah, you went undefeated six and oh, but I, I went eight and one. I played, I had to play more games than you. You know what I mean? So I do, still don't think it's a really fair match. Some, some teams are playing more than others. You know, I don't think, I don't see why they couldn't just push back the season a little bit. Yeah, they had all year to figure this out. And for whatever reason, people with a bunch of money who uh, have been in power for a long time sat on their laurels. Bull sorry, excuse my French, but they bullshitted our time away, right? The Bundesliga came back, had their entire season. All of these international footballs, these soccer teams had their seasons, finished their seasons out and are starting their new seasons. Basketball finished their season. Baseball finished their season. Why is football, who had the most time to figure this out, not figuring it out. Who is in charge here making the calls and just being stupid? No 21 days? No one. Right? <laughs> 21, 21 days. 21 days we, we're now talking about actually lowering the amount of uh, quarantine time that someone needs from the rest, the, the, the 14 days that people were talking about to 10, some, some, in area, some areas, even seven. Right. So seven days is all it should really take. The NFL is showing us that they're able to do it in longer than, but you know, the NFL absolutely is lying to you that they're of all of the actual positives that they're getting. If you people don't know, go and check out Ryquel Armstead running back for the, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars who, and I'm sorry to say, and I don't want to speculate, but it sounds like he's currently dying in the hospital from COVID and the, the uh, subsequent issues that he's gotten from it. Right. So maybe the 21 days is to protect the fact that these are kids who are not being paid for and treated like junior professional athletes, but they're treated like college students who actually are worth a lot of money to everyone. And they probably don't know how much money they'll be worth to everyone when they start dropping or we start losing out on quality. Uh, this is another conspiracy take. You're going to start realizing how rigged a lot of these sports are when your national championship game is against a team that is going to slaughter another one and you have to try to keep them in the game because there is no way you're going to have a two-win team come in here against Alabama and not get their wheels blown off in the first quarter, right? It's just <laughs> right. not going to happen. No, but and you make a good point, though, about, about what was the player you said from the Jaguars, right? Raquel Armstead. He is not. He he was on the COVID list to return. He is now not playing the rest of the year because of complications from COVID. And obviously, we we all wish him nothing but the best, and and our absolute prayers with him. And you know, I, I mean, unfortunately, you know that is an anomaly, and and it's and it's obviously going to continue with this with this virus. I mean, this virus is not going anywhere, guys. Uh, as much as we all hope and wish it does we can impose every lockdown we want to do it's not going anywhere so we got to understand that we have to live with this we need to stop locking down we need to stop locking down we need to start making people realize like how do you live a normal life safely with this yes. but not to you know people not wearing their masks and not social distancing is not helping but to the point of what you were saying about the timeline and things of that nature it's just interesting to me though you know you have certain situations people will say well there's a political agenda behind it it's a financial agenda behind it a la nick saban Nick Saban tested positive. It was on a Monday, I believe it was, of last week. Um, I'm sorry, on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Tested positive on a Wednesday. Um, had two tests on Friday. Came back negative. Test Saturday morning. Came back negative. So now there's these new false positives, false negatives, et cetera, and so forth. So my question is, um, 
the technology is getting better. The science is getting better. We're understanding more that, you know, just because you might come in contact with it, you might have a bit of the virus, doesn't mean that you have the virus. So when you have a player, these Nebraska players, two quarterbacks, obviously sharing the same rooms, training facilities together, what have you, they both test positive. All right, well, why are we not knowing? Is this a true positive? Is this a false positive? Was it a negative positive, false positive, negative? Whatever terminology you want to come up with at this point. Um, and then why can't they be tested two, three days later, like Nick Saban was? And if they test negative, great. We'll test them again. Another negative. Now they can play the next week versus having to mandatory wait 21 days, something negotiated when this all started, to your guy's point, because they kept pushing this off because they didn't want to deal with it. You didn't want to understand it. Now you're putting Wisconsin in a much better position to properly place themselves in a Big Ten championship game situation. There is no reason anyone, unless they have serious complications, should be sitting 21 days off of this virus from one positive test. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, Chris, I kind of I agree with you a little bit there. And to your point with the Nick Saban situation, tested positive, and then boom, negative, 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 boom, and he was back out there, you know. Maybe, maybe, you know what, but who knows? Maybe, maybe these players are continuously testing positive. Maybe they still have it, so maybe they need to be prolonged. Maybe 21 days is a little bit ex as excessive. We don't know. But, heck, you know, if, they, if they're after a week or so and they're testing negative, then, yeah, maybe you bring them back early. Maybe that will change. But it, it is a shame that they would have to be out for such a long period of time and possibly miss three games, which is the majority of the season now with, with such a shortened season. But, again, we'll wait to see what happens there. Uh, last topic here on the college football list, um, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from uh, Clemson, is saying that he actually may return to Clemson for his senior season. Now, it's kind of funny that this is kind of starting to come out now, um, being that the number one overall pick may be the god-awful New York football Jets with the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, <laughs> and even though they've got Sam Darnold, but who knows, they might be moving on from him. But man, I mean, Clemson, I mean, we all know Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the, the number one player drafted next season. Um, but is it because he doesn't want to go to New York? He wants to kind of maybe perhaps bring another title home uh, to Clemson. Uh, Obed, quickly your thoughts here on, on uh, Trevor Lawrence coming, going back in. I think Trevor Lawrence is not a dumb person, and I think he knows what, what is best for him. He's already watched uh, one of his uh, you know, brothers-in-arms in Sam Darnold, a great prospect, uh, who I said when he was coming out, Sam Darnold was the second best uh, University of Southern, Carol South Cal Southern California quarterback that we had seen since Carson Palmer because of this, how terrible the last few before him had been. Uh, that includes Matt Leinard, who was on a very high-flying team in college but just couldn't figure it out. Uh, when he got into the pros. Uh, and John David Booty, I, I don't know if anybody's seen him. I think he's probably selling cars or something. Um, <laughs> now, as it is for Trevor, Trevor's a smart guy. Trevor is a smart person who understands what his long-term value is and how bad that value is going to be wasted if he comes out. Unless we, we're about to see Trevor Lawrence make some kind of uh, inflammatory statements about other cultures or, you know, be caught with some kind of drug paraphernalia so that he doesn't have to end up on a terribly high-drafted, awful, god-awful New York Jets team. Uh, he will be staying for his senior year. I just hope that, you know, the kind of uh, – Sam Bradford things don't occur to him. No, we end up injuries or anything in the last season of forcing him to be shelved. Chris, your thoughts. What do you think? Should Trevor stay or should he, or should he go to the NFL? I'll make this point to you, gentlemen. The Jets, the Jets, um, they are 20-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs this week, guys. 20 points. You don't see that in professional football. You only see that when – USC is playing Brigham Young University. Not in the pros, gentlemen. You do not see 20-point deficits in the pros. Hell, it might, it should, might, I think it might it should be more. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way he should be a part of this dumpster fire. I mean, he should definitely pull an Eli Manning, um, you know, uh, call the audible, get daddy involved, whatever you have right. to do to not be a part of this organization. So I think it has absolutely nothing to do with him wanting to win another chip because he might win one this year. That'll be two out of three years. You know what? That's a pretty good college resume. Tim Tebow is living his best life off of his college resume. So all Got I'm going to say, <laughs> so all, all I'm going to say is he'll he'll be all right. But the only problem is he is playing a collision, not contact 
collision sport. So anything at any time in any place can happen to him. Um, and, and, a la Dak Prescott. And, and exactly, exactly. And we've seen it all year. I mean, look at the – I can't think of the young man from Alabama right now, the phenomenal uh, talent uh, got hurt on the kickoff return the other day. Oh, my gosh. Can't even think of his name right now. But anyway. Waddle, waddle, waddle. Thank you. Um, prime example. Hopefully he recovers and he'll still be a first-round pick. So I understand the financial aspects of it. But if I was him, you know what? <laughs> I'd take that coin flip. Yeah, do I feel you? Yeah, it's definitely a big decision to make. It could be probably just worth it. You know, like you said, pull an Eli Manning, demand a trade. We all know what happened with Eli. He went number one or all to the Chargers. He didn't want to play. He got swapped with Phillip Rivers, you know, going to New York. And, you know, when he got what he wanted, that could potentially happen. I guess we'll see what's, what's going there. But, um, folks, out of that. yep, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a few. Uh, stay tuned in for more action here from What's the Word Entertainment. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks, here on What's the Word Entertainment. I had to quick, a quick break there. Let's get into some NFL news here. Of course, the big news coming from last week around the football world was that Antonio Brown, the former Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver and the former Oakland Raider wide receiver for like a day <laughs> and the New England Patriot wide receiver, has signed a new deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one-year deal, which is just above, I believe, the league minimum. Has the potential to earn a little bit more, I believe, a little bit around $2.5 million, I believe, Obed. Is that right? Yep. Um, so, Within with incentives, yep, Chris. Um, man, Tampa Bay is loaded as it is. Now, I will say Chris Godwin is going to be out for a little bit. He's having surgery on his finger. You know, they have a broken finger. So, he kind of steps in. He'll be alongside Mike Evans on the sideline, on the on the outside there. So, which is going to be good for Tom Brady. But Brady brings OB, A.B. back. They obviously were had one game last year in New England. But, man, how much better, Obed, does this make Tampa Bay bringing in this type of dynamic player like this with an already stacked offense that they got? Uh, I mean, looking like, just like you mentioned, uh, Sherman, not having Chris Godwin, I mean, this adds depth for them. And, you know, while teams like the Baltimore Ravens are signing guys like Des Bryant to their practice squad, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are signing a Hall of Fame worthy uh, wide receiver to their actual roster who is still in playing shape and can come out here and force a defensive coordinator to respect the fact that this is Antonio Brown on the outside. Uh, you know, it's it's hard for me to feel like, they haven't taken a step forward here. You know, you would think of it as a one-for-one. One. You lose Chris Godwin, the guy that slides in is just going to be able to pick up the slack. But the next man up is a game changer and kind of shifts the entire way they want to do things as Tom is getting hot at the right moment right now. Um, you know, really hard for me to say that they're not the favorite uh, coming out of the NFC. I mean, they've got uh, the New York Giants on Monday Night Football, then New Orleans rematch game. Uh, then they're at Carolina, the Rams and Kansas City. It's a nice little stretch for them. But they end after their bye week, a late bye week. And as I, I take it from me, if you've been given a late bye week, the odds makers and the schedule makers believe that you have a chance to actually do something. Because when they don't think your team is good, your bye week is in week five, week six. Sometimes middle of the season to at least give you a break. But say, heaven forbid, that the – uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not get the bye week for the one bye week that's going on now. They've changed the schedule. They've changed the scheduling for the postseason now. There's going to be two extra teams on each side, and there's only one bye week to be shared between both conferences. Uh, excuse me, in each conference, uh, knowing that you're going to come out of your bye and play Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, and then Atlanta again, that is setting them up for a lot of success at the end of the season. So I, my money is on Tampa Bay representing the NFC. Yeah, they're, they've definitely got their favorable schedule, to say the least. Chris, I mean, Antonio Brown, we all know we had problems in Pittsburgh and, of course, then in Oakland, too. Is there going to be continuous just drama here in Tampa Bay, or is Brady and Bruce Arians going to be able to reel him in? Because Brady's really one, that, one, of the, one of the guys that kind of stuck up for A.B. and really wanted him to come over there. Yeah, I think that was interesting that Bruce Arians tried to come out and say that this was not a player-led decision uh, to bring A.B. on. Guys, this was an entirely player-led decision by Tom Brady to bring A.B. on. Um, I mean, guys, uh, the, the, Tom Brady, you know, let the guy stay in his house uh, when he was moving into New England, trying to get him acclimated to the area um, to try to get him um, under that, you know, I'm not going to say the Patriot way, just how to be a professional in, in this league. Um, I actually don't think there's going to be any drama. I mean, to your guys' point, Tampa Bay has been the favorite. I'm sorry, guys. They have a sea of riches. Leonard Fournette, Shady McCoy, Jones at running back, 
tight ends, you had both O.J. Howard and Gronk when, uh, you know, obviously available and healthy. And at receiver, you had Godwin and Evans uh, and now A.B. to add to that depth chart. I mean, guys, you're adding a guy that had six straight seasons of 100 receptions or more, an NFL record, and if he wasn't a jerk and an idiot, that streak would have continued. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer outside of his antics. I'm afraid that for him, in regards to that, it's going to be of a Terrell Owens situation where he's not going to get in for quite some time, and it's going to be drama more at the end of his career more than it is now. So I don't think it's going to be any situation whatsoever acclimating him to this team and to this offense. It's funny that you bring up Terrell Owens because I said it last week, you know, T.O. kind of had the same deal, you know, always drama, controversy, things like that. But you know what? For me as a coach or an owner, as long as he shows up on Sundays – to me, that's all that matters because you need – you, you remember, Herm Edwards said it best. You play to win the game. And if Antonio Brown can help you win the game, to me, he's playing, you know. Now, granted, he's going to take some time. Maybe he's going to get, get in shape. I think Bruce Arians said uh, earlier today that he looked fantastic out there in his first workout with the team. Uh, he'll probably be – he should be ready to go by next week. I said it last week that it's it, to me it's going to be it's going to be Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl right now because Kansas City adding Le'Veon Bell just even heightens their potential to to repeat in the in this was the AFC uh champion and now with Tampa Bay who's firing looks like they're firing in all cylinders and again like I said adding AB now this week I think they're going to be without they're going to be without Chris Godwin having the surgery on his finger like I mentioned so Antonio Brown won't be there till next week but but still I mean, they've got the Giants this week. They don't need Godwin or Brown for this game. Let's, let's, just, let's just be honest here, folks. The Giants are awful. So they can easily win this one without, without them. Um, but then you go into, like I said, New Orleans, and then Carolina, and the Rams that Oben mentioned. Those, I think those three games would definitely be good games to watch, um, especially the uh, Saints and Rams games. And then you have the KC. That's going to be a potential Super Bowl matchup, as I just mentioned. And you have the two elite teams. Antonio Brown will be in tip-top shape by the time that game rolls around. And I think we're going to see some fireworks, folks. We're going to see elite team, each team putting up at least 40 points in that game, hopefully. I disagree. Uh, I highly disagree. You do. Uh, if, if the front, the defensive line goes to Kansas City to play against uh, Patrick Mahomes in that offensive line, it's a wrap. I, I don't see the Kansas City Chiefs putting up more than 21 points against the Buccaneers mm. simply because the line of Indomitian Sue, Shaq Barrett, uh, uh, who is the other guy? That I keep that's a top playing. 10 defense, y'all. That's, that's the thing. It's a, it's a top 10 defense, and they're not going to – by the time this starts gelling, one thing you do know, the, the uh, nice and well-oiled machine that has those pieces on it on offense going to Kansas City is going to be coming out the gate with a 14-up lead. And then it's just going to be on the defense to pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback. Yeah, All right, so, JPP, so Devin White, yeah, defense that's is strong. JPP, exactly, JPP. And uh, they, they, that secondary is full of guys who are ball hawking as well. I'm very mm. concerned. Wow, don't say, God, kids, light the fireworks and go away. Just don't don't try to hold them on your head or anything stupid of that nature. Okay, you, you two of them fingers are worth like fifty million dollars. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Talking about fireworks. Um, oh, Ben, okay. no, I mean, no, I mean, we'll. I guess. Yeah, the defense is strong in, in Tampa, uh, but dude, I think, like I said, adding out AB just makes them even more of a perennial powerhouse team. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. And Obed, you actually mentioned Des Bryant before. Yeah, the Ravens signing him to a practice squad. I'm wondering if he can still be an elite player in this league and whether or not he can make Lamar Jackson better because Lamar has been struggling passing the ball so far this season. So I'm wondering what can do. What do you expect out of Des Bryant potentially suiting up and playing for the Ravens this season? Yeah, I don't know how the addition of Des Bryant uh, adds anything to that offense. I mean, their stretch guy is Marquise Brown. At this time in their careers, I'm pretty sure Des Bryant is not faster than Marquise Brown, nor is he going to command more attention than Marquise Brown. I don't know how many players who are playing in the league right now really remember what Des Bryant would, was capable of. Uh, frankly, he was never a crisp route runner, which would, you know, then in the case of like a Larry Fitzgerald, he moves from the outside to the inside. Those inside slot inside underneath routes are either going to go to a very crisp route runner or they're just going to go to Mark Andrews. And that very crisp route runner on your team is not Des Bryant. I mean, at this point in his career, this this signing helps Des Bryant get back into the league and do something out of the same thing as uh, Josh Gordon than it does adding anything to their team. If if 
again, I go back to my beer pong reference. If you have a teammate, guy or girl, who is not hitting the cup successfully, who's not hitting the rim and showing that they can actually make a cup hit water, throwing over the side, throwing over the middle, what are you going to do? You're not winning many games with them. And this is what's happening indicative of, of, of watching Lamar Jackson. He's like the QB 11 or QB 12 on the season right now. His inability to find the windows and push the ball downfield in a successive matter, it's not about the moonshot all the time. Yes, Patrick Mahomes hits the moonshots all the time, but Patrick Mahomes also uses all three uh, quarters of the field from in front of the line of scrimmage to the running backs to the middle tier between uh, throwing to Travis Kelsey and throwing to uh, – excuse me, to Sammy Watkins, to over the top when he goes to Miko Hardman, right? Like he can hit all these guys. There's probably one of the – and this is why Lamar to me is looking like Cam Newton, unable to take advantage of all the different pieces in the offense because he can't hit all of the windows. I don't think the signing helps them. It just helps Des Bryant. Yeah, I mean, Lamar is one of, his, was one of the bottom quarterbacks as far as passing yards so far this season. So he's not really throwing the ball uh, well or effectively for that matter, you know? I mean, he's only, what, completing 63% of his passes on the year so far. Uh, and, you know, what? he does have 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions, but he's not, they're not running the ball with him as much as I thought it would be compared to last season, his MVP-winning season. Um, quickly, Chris, before we move on to some game recap, do you think Dez can help get the Ravens better and help Lamar get better? I mean, no, not two years out of the league at age 31. I mean, he's not Antonio Brown-level talent at age 31. They're the same age. Um, he was already on the decline, had some injury issues. He kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit of a Chad Johnson character, a guy that's supremely talented, not the best route runner, not the most technically precise, um, but a very, very good and productive player, but just not that guy that's going to get you over the hump. Gotcha, gotcha. Now let's get into some game recap. Man, San Fran was – just dominated your Patriots, Obed. I, I, I got to defer to you first. And matter of fact, Cam actually got benched in the third quarter. It kind of opens up the question, was this the right move by signing Newton in the offseason to replace Tom, the uh, Hall of Famer Tom Brady? Absolutely not. Uh, it's uh, As soon as Tom, with the news broke that uh, certain players on the defense had defected between Kyle Vinoy, between – um, uh, what's it, Logan Ryan, these individuals were now leaving. Uh, I knew that the shoe had fallen and that Tom wasn't coming back. And you not only lose the team, you also lose the footing within the AFC. I am, I am as a proud Patriots fan, I'm happy to have seen this day in my lifetime so that I can successfully watch the bandwagon just fall off. Because if you don't really love this team, you're not going to stick around to see how bad it's going to get. Cam Newton was a bad signing. You can, again, beer pong, beer pong, beer pong. These guys are probably terrible beer pong players because they <laughs> do not hit water. I don't give a rat's ass that you can hit one cup farthest away from us at like a, a time in the game that it doesn't even matter because we're going to be down by four cups and it's going to, oh, they're going to both hit the end, the last, or excuse me, one of them is going to hit last cup and we've got to hit four in a row. And if you're not throwing at least 70%, if you're not, if you can't come out here and, and, Take absent the game against Seattle where he threw for like almost 400 yards. Seattle's defense is a sieve. This is why I don't feel Seattle is one of the top teams in the NFL because they're giving up 30 at will, right? That's not how you win defense. That's how you win Super Bowls. Uh, also something I'm going to start headhunting for the only uh, undefeated team in the league and the way that their defense plays right now is that, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to get to that. Um, when I look at Cam Newton, it, and uh, pro football focus is reporting that they have been tracking all of his passes and Cam Newton doesn't throw to the right side of the field. What is wrong with the shoulder? It, it was just, it, it ridiculous. He's not the same Cam in, Newton. Immobility, immobility. He can't open up the shoulder to throw to that right side because it's going to hurt his shoulder cut too much. Absolutely. He's not making plays that are necessary and indicative of an offense where there are guys on that off on that offense in Jacoby Myers, Don Terry, not Don Terry board, Damian Bird, who should be, excelling they should have taken their second step with tom brady and he would be able to orchestrate and maestro an offense that took you that utilized these guys who are the term in the nfl is a jag just another guy there's a whole bunch of just another guys that were playing around tom brady that were winning super bowls why because he's elevating them something most quarterbacks these days don't do yeah i mean when when cam was in carolina you never said 
Cam is making these guys look and play better. He wasn't. You know, he had they had that one good year uh, when they went to the Super Bowl against Denver. They went 15-1. and one. Cam won the MVP. That, that was without his number one receiver in Kelvin Benjamin that season. But, you know, other than that, you know, Cam has looked pretty mediocre. We know he's, he's got the list of injuries. Um, but, man, it's just telling that, whoa, what can he do here now? Would it be better in another situation where he has more help on the outside? I don't know. But it's really looking like to me – this is going to be a rough, rough year for uh, for Patriots fans. You know, they're right now, right now, they're sitting at two and four, third in the AFC East. So I don't know what to expect here. I think to me, it's just going to get worse for the Patriots. Um, look at this; they got a tough one this week against the Bills. They can easily get a W against the Jets. But man, then you got Baltimore, Houston, and Arizona. After that, it's going to look real tough real soon, even even more so for the any Patriots fan out. Is is a Tom Brady? That's a Tom Brady record. Oh, excuse me, a Tom yes. Brady schedule. Hey, hasn't hey two and three? You know they haven't seen that since 2001, a la Tom Brady's rookie year. So I kind of think it's funny now when I see Tom Brady doing the one, two, three, four that he was doing to the ref, you know, a couple weeks ago. Was he actually trying to tell Bill Belichick that's the amount of wins you're gonna have this year? Oh, got him! Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Cleveland had a pretty good, a decent game this past week. Baker Mayfield shining it against the uh, Bengals. You know they come out. It was a close one there, but. The big story out of that game, of course, was Odell Beckham Jr. going down with the torn ACL. He is gone for the remaining portion of the year. Baker still looks good with, with five touchdown passes and a pick. Um, can they make the playoffs even with, without OBJ, Chris? I, I mean, let's let's look at how that game started. I mean, that pick uh, that OB, I'm sorry, that Baker threw that OBJ had to chase down to try to save a play for his quarterback is what led to that injury. So that's something that Baker's going to have to live through uh, the rest of the year, maybe throughout his career. Um, but in regards to Baker, I'll tell you what. I looked at this stat online, guys. Baker Mayfield, to start this game, went 0 for 5 for zero yards and an interception. I Googled this. The percentage of this chances of this happening, 0.007%. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? And it's the most – so he, but to his but to his point, he but to his 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 side though he he completed the next ten passes in yeah, a row. No, no. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Let okay. me get there. Okay. I I'm like that is the most Browns thing to happen. After that, he threw 21 straight completions. That is the most Brown things to ever happen. Okay, so he he caught he caught fire. He caught fire. And he, he started went to get 21 in the for 22, and end of the game 21 for 26 with five touchdowns. So he got his mojo back. I, I don't know. This team baffles me. Without I don't know OBJ, what... is that telling something right there? I don't. I don't know. He was able to spread the ball around. Uh, he, he doesn't have to necessarily look at you know for Odell Beckham to like say make sure I got to get OBJ's catches, his touches, things like that. I don't want to say this is a blessing in disguise because I never want to make that analogy out of someone's injury. That's not right. That's not fair. Um, but could this be better for the Browns team? Absolutely. Do I think they're a playoff team? Not with my 6-0 Steelers, baby. Let's go. Yo, speaking of your Steelers, man, they had a close one there against Tennessee, uh, coming out with that victory 27-24. Uh, oh, bet they kind of held uh, your boy Derrick Henry in check for the most part here. What did you think of this game? And, uh, man, the Steelers are looking like they might be a, a favorite in the AFC, even even over Kansas City, would you say? Um, I would say that there is a – yeah, I, I can't. I can't do that. I mean, I, I, defensively, they should absolutely be playing far better than Kansas City. I don't think Kansas City's defense is really all that much to scoff at. Uh, you still have to keep your eye out for Mika Fitzpatrick out there. Uh, they've got a punishing front uh, defense. I mean, uh, T.J. Watt is going to put to silence anything that you're trying to try noise you're trying to make on the ground. Uh, which I mean, they did. They did their best to keep uh, them in check. But again, that team across from them was still in the game. Tennessee was still in the game, and you look back at a lot of the Steelers games for me what was really telling was the Houston game of then what we've seen of Houston for three weeks since that has happened is that Houston is a terrible team but Houston was in that game down to the wire with them I think that game might have gone overtime potentially may have almost gone overtime was to 21-21 late and then they ended up winning 28-21 you know you you don't expect this team to be giving up 29 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. You, you, I, I didn't now, of course they handled business against Cleveland and Cleveland. You might see Cleveland in the playoffs as a, uh, as a, um, 
wildcard team only if you look at their schedule and how bad it is. They're a five and two team right now with a very soft schedule as they are going to potentially lose. And, and again, Yes, 21 straight completions, good for him against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is still the Cincinnati Bengals, right? So let's not crown these guys anytime too soon. Um, Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, they'll probably scuff up against Tennessee, but I see them winning at least three out of their next five games. That puts them uh, at eight and five, right? And then they go and play uh, New York, New York, and then Pittsburgh to close out the game, the season. Does Pittsburgh, will Pittsburgh need that game? at the end of the year or will Pittsburgh be resting their starters uh, because they potentially may have gotten that AFC's uh, number one top spot. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kansas city, but you know, Pittsburgh is a good solid team. I feel bad for them losing Devin Bush. Uh, again, Mitra, our uh, special correspondent last week uh, talked about how the l- lack of Devin Bush in that defense could hurt them from having that sideline to sideline linebacker. Um, and, you know, I just, I want to see them put together a complete game. Once the Steelers put together a complete game, they are probably unstoppable. Uh, and they earn that 6-0, rightfully so, with the schedule that they've had. Um, but they're going to get tested. We'll see. I have them handily beating Baltimore. Uh, and I don't really see many other, um, any other challenges on their schedule outside of going to Baltimore. Uh, you know, they'll play Baltimore at home after that, and there'll be a Buffalo game as well. But uh, they should be maybe looking for the, – Maybe the Indy game? I don't know. Indy, you know, Cincinnati kind of showed Indy for what they were and when they put up 30-some on there. So, true, you true. know, I, I have to think that Indy, if they get J- Juju Smith-Schuster cooking again like he has been or Blake trying to get him going, they could be really do something. Chris, of course I have to go to you on your on your Steelers team here. What do you think of them starting out 6-0, and and do they have a legitimate shot here to coming out of the AFC? I mean, absolutely. The way they're playing top uh, top five scoring defense in the league – um, I, I mean, they're doing everything. You know, I agree with, with Obed there about, you know, Bush being a huge loss, but actually his uh, replacement in the game, he put a licking on Derrick Henry last week, a licking on him. So uh, the Steelers are good with that. And on top of that, you know, honestly, this is the best I've seen Ben look in a long time, which I'm really surprised about coming off of that elbow injury. Um, I mean, he he's, he's at his best best touchdown to interception ratio he's ever had in his career second best completion percentage in his career um he's throwing thing thing for over 1600 yards already this year uh this season he's playing phenomenal and they've got a good one-two back combination and then you have the rookie claypool coming out of nowhere basically taking over that number one spot from juju if they want to put juju into the slot so i think the steelers are the most complimentary fulfilled overall best team and they are the um at this point i'm sorry obed the best coach team this year in the nfl Uh, i always put my boy mike tomlin in that top three four coaches in the league this year they are the best coach team in the nfl so i definitely think they're going to make a strong run and to obed's point i believe they're going to get that number one spot and end up having to sit their stars in that last week there against a conference divisional opponent. We'll see what happens for them in their seating. Oh, I have a follow-up question. So I, all of the accolades that they have put together, this is who they've played. The New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Cleveland Browns. Would you not expect a team – of the caliber of the Steelers to come out and be five and zero against those teams, those five teams, and to put up a bunch of stats against those five teams. Yes, in, in any normal season, but this is not a normal season. Obviously, the you no know, preseason things of that nature, and Ben Roethlisberger coming off a pretty, you know, serious injury for a quarterback. You know, your elbow um, and his advanced age. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to click. Um, from literally, I would say the first drive of the first game, the way they did. And that's why I'm the most surprised. If Ben would have came out a little bit, you know, questionable those first uh, game or two, absolutely. I would be like, yeah, you know what? I'm really not that sure. Um, you know, maybe, you know, it's because the teams are playing or not that good now. But I think, the, you know, the offense has looked phenomenal in the defense. Even though they've kind of let some teams back into it a little bit, they still have made the plays that need to be made in the situations that they need to make them. Yeah, I agree with you that that we didn't know the the question mark there. And speaking from the side of like the fantasy football community, the entire year, the question mark was how is Ben going to look? Because that was the difference between Juju Smith-Schuster being a second round pick than a fourth round pick. But the fantasy community was already aware of Deontay Johnson. The fantasy community was already aware of James Washington. 
we know they know what Chase Claypool is capable of. The fantasy community was also aware of Eric Ebron being a fantastic receiving tight end joining this offense. The fantasy community was also aware that James Conner was coming back, right? The fantasy community was also aware that Jenny, Benny Snell was back there behind him. The McDonald guy they didn't know about. But by all accounts in accord and knowing that the, the Steelers have always had a good offensive line, the only thing missing was how good that, why, that quarterback position was going to be because they already had an offense. And this is from last year. They already had an offensive pieces that people knew could do a lot of damage. And I didn't even mention Juju Smith-Schuster. Note that I went through all of these offensive pieces and still didn't say Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, that's why I pumped the brakes a little bit. Five nobody teams. Five nobody teams that two of them, excuse me, one of them actually has a winning record, right? Of course, those stats are going to be there. But again, like you said, why is this defense, why is this defense allowing these kind of teams into the game? Don't hold back the offense because the offense is doing what it needs to do. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely making a hell of a point there. Pittsburgh is firing an all cinders offensively. They're definitely a top five Chris, uh, defensive team as well, too. They're looking like it's going to be between KC and, and Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship. I'm excited to actually see this kind of matchup because, you know, and they're two well-coached teams. Like you said, Chris, Mike Tomlin, and then you've got Andy Reid on the other side. I think this these two teams are definitely going to lead the AFC. Baltimore is going to be kind of – I don't know because who knows what Lamar really can do. Hey, passing this, the this, week, this week, Steelers play Baltimore. This is going to be huge, and it's in Baltimore. I know there's really not the quote-unquote home field advantage anymore, you know, with sports and COVID. Right. Um, but you know what? I mean, this is going to be huge. I, I think if, if the Steelers go and they beat an undefeated Tennessee Titans team, beat a one-loss Ravens team, guys. It shows them the, they're for real. Put, yeah. put them on. Put them on. Let's go. Steelers yeah. about to punch them in the mouth, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Let's get into our next segment. Of course, it is called You Write, You Man. It's a segment where we make some bold statements, and someone tells us if we're just outright crazy or we are correct. First up, I will say to you, Chris, the Cowboys should lose out on purpose for a better draft pick. No, don't lose out for a better draft pick. Come on, guys. I mean, the NFC East this year is arguably the worst division in – football in history <laughs> i mean you can win this division at a six and ten possibly five and eleven record <laughs> with the eagles having that tie uh so the really at the end of the day the cowboys biggest issues are their offensive line but there are a plethora of quality offensive linemen coming out in this year's draft and they can even trade up in that draft if they have that middle tier area that they need to go up and get a top 10 pick no i would not be trying to purposely lose well, it kind of brings me into my next statement here, Obed, and because and I have a take on this, and I, but I will ask you to go first, and I will jump in here because I have a hot take I'm going to say here. A losing record conference winner should not be allowed in the playoffs. You're right. What do we need a loser in here for? I mean, obviously, this, this, you know, absolutely shits on, pardon my French, what, uh, you know, teams like the, the Giants did that went and won the Super Bowl, right? I'm pretty sure they were like a nine-win team. Um, but that's, you know, that, again, that is nine wins. That's a winning record. Uh, I don't need to see losers, right? I, I believe there was a seven and nine team from the AFC South that, that hosted a playoff game back when the AFC North put three teams into the AFC Super so it's AFC playoff picture, but that was because they played against the NFC South, who was just giving away wins, much like the NFC West has been paired up against the NFC East, and the NFC West has three five-win teams. You know why? Because the NFC East just keeps giving them away wins. Uh, I don't, I, you're right. Sherman we should not be seeing losers in the postseason because I know what they're going to do they're going to go and lose right I have been saying this for years just because you win your division does not mean you automatically get a berth to the playoffs here is a perfect example Chris said it best the NFC East is the worst division possibly we've worst we've seen a division in football history okay you do not have a single team with with more than two wins through six, even seven weeks, okay? It is astonishing how bad. And quite frankly, the Cowboys should probably be one in six because they shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, they shouldn't have won that game against Atlanta if Atlanta didn't if, uh, mess up with the uh, onside's kick, okay? So that means you'd have a two-win Philadelphia team, a two-win Washington team, one-win New York and Dallas team. You telling me, now, Chris said it before, you can potentially have a six-win team or even probably even a five-win team make a playoffs, make playoffs 
over someone, let's say in the NFC West, who can, can come out maybe win, a, let's go, t- let's say it goes 10 and six. However, but because you win the division and everyone in the NFC West is better than you, they're going to get in over them just because you win that horrifically terrible division. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It needs to be changed and it should go by all your record. Because I'm telling you right now, if my if I'm a, if I'm an owner or a coach or whatever, and my team goes ten and six or eleven and five, and your team who goes five and eleven, and you get in the playoffs and I don't, I'm gonna be hella mad. I'm just that, hashtag just saying it's ridiculous because you know what? When a team like that can actually come out and make the playoffs and get in there, it's so ridiculous and absurd that that would happen. And I I think it has to be changed. Chris, I think you're agreeing with me, right? No, I mean, absolutely. But, I mean, look at – there was – I think it was uh, Russell Wilson's first year uh, back in Seattle. They went 7-9, won the division, and actually upset uh, that, that uh, week one opponent, or the first uh, round of the playoff opponent, um, kind of disrupted some things out there. So, uh, I entirely agree. You should not reward um, – what, what's the lack of excellence? I want to say it's, it's horrid because it's not. I mean, you were still 7-9, you made the playoffs. But you should not re- re- reward someone for having a subpar five on the record. Absolutely. Yeah, I just think that it needs to be redone. Um, you have to make some changes here because you can't even you can't even come close to sniffing a double digit wins and you're gonna get above a team just because you win your terrible division. It has to be changed. There's no reason for it to happen. I think it should go by overall record, and that's it. So unless I think I really do feel that. I mean, granted, I get this year there will be an extra playoff team. There will be seven playoff teams um, uh, this year now because there's an extra wild card. I think Obed, you mentioned that before too. So it's still it's it's got to be changed. You have to go by record, right? They're just they're just adding more losers. And at the end of the day, they're they're making it softer. You know, MLB is talking about limiting the number of individuals who are going to be coming to the postseason now, uh, which I think is smart because what they need to do is cut that season in half and make it more competitive. I think we see great baseball, but there's no reason for 162 games as much as there's no reason for extra teams in the postseason of NFL. If they're losers, let them go home, think about their issues, and get better. Same thing happens in the NBA. You have that seven or eight seed that's going to be sub uh, 500. Honestly, guys, out of all four professional sports, the only league that seems has a right is the NHL. You never see a team that's sub 500 in that league in the playoffs. Dude, maybe need to do adapt it that way. Let's get into the picks coming up this week here. Um, just quickly going off of last last week happened. Obed got the better of me going eleven and two. I went nine and four. So hopefully I can turn it around. Um, let's get into it here, guys. Um, first off, Thursday night game: Atlanta at Carolina. I'm going Carolina this win. This and this one, Atlanta's just terrible all around. Obed, uh, who are you taking here? I think you're taking Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, right? We're going Carolina. Chris, Atlanta, Carolina. I got Atlanta with the upset. Matt Ryan's going to play for pride. Okay. Uh, New England at Buffalo. No one circles the wagon quite like the Buffalo Bills. Let's let's do it. Obed, uh, New England at, Car- at Buffalo. Uh, I'm going with Buffalo. It's absolutely terrible that I have to do this, but, you know, I have no faith in this, and, and Bill Belichick better watch out before he loses this team. Okay. Chris, New England at Buffalo. Buffalo has lost two out of the last three. They absolutely need this to try to get back into everything and maintain Buffalo. All right. Tennessee at Cincinnati. I think, Obed, you and I are both going Tennessee on this one here. Cincinnati, they don't have nothing. Chris, I think this is an easy one here, right? Thank you, next. <laughs> yep. Uh, Oakland at Cleveland. Uh, another one here. Without OBJ, I think Baker's going to struggle. Uh, Obed, I think you and I are both going uh, Oakland in this one. Chris, Oakland at Cleveland. Um, excuse me, Sherman. It's the Las Vegas Raiders, and I got Derek Carr oh, starting for me this week in excuse fantasy. Me, excuse me, you're yeah. Vegas, Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Las yep. Vegas. It's well, a clean sweep. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yep. Players yep. Sorry. Number. Yep. Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, Indianapolis at Detroit. I'm going Indy here. Detroit just has no, has no defense. They haven't had a defense in years. So this is this. I think this is kind of an easy one. Indianapolis, and I think Obed, you had the same pick as I did. Indianapolis, Chris. Indy at Detroit. Man, I'm telling you, Matt Stafford uh, is actually playing with a little bit of guts this year for the first time in a long time. I'm going to take an upset here, Detroit at home. Really? Okay. All right. I like it. Um, next one, Minnesota at Green Bay in an NFC North matchup here. I'm going with that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, all day. Let's go Packers. And I'll bet I think you've got the same one here. Chris, Vikings and Packers. He's a bad man. 
<laughs> All right. The New York Jets will be playing. Oh, my goodness. Kansas City. Kansas City wins by 30. Oh, bad. E- easily. I mean, after we saw last week, they didn't need much to beat Denver. They're going to do the same thing here. It's Kansas City all day. Chris, do I even have to ask you this one here? Dear Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> all right. This is, I think you're saying, I think that means KC. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams at Miami. I think this is another one easy one here. Two Tonga Lavailoa will be getting his first start. I still think it's too soon, but I say Rams. Oh, bad. Go Rams. It's too soon for that kid right now. Yeah, Chris. Aaron Donald had a smashing game last week. He's going to smash the game against Tua, hopefully just not his leg. Let's go, Rams. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> New Orleans at Chicago. Um, I'm going New Orleans. Nick Foles is about to get humbled real early in this game. Let's go, Saints. No bad. Saints all the way. Yep. Chris? The Bears. Oh, okay. After last week's performance, I hope I want to show me something. Yeah, here we go. San Fran at Seattle, NFC West matchup. Um, Seattle all the way. Russell Wilson playing too much of a high level. Obed? Smells like teen spirit. We're going Seattle. Chris? Yeah, I have to go with Seattle on this one too, boys. Yep. Dallas at Philadelphia, the dumpster fire of a Sunday night football game. I think they should just cancel this Sunday night game. To Don't even show it in Philadelphia or Dallas, to be honest with you. Don't don't show it to anyone. Don't even broadcast the game. But I'll, I'll still make a pick and say Philadelphia. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> oh, bad. They better make people get rabbit ears for their TV and watch it on, like, low uh, – uh public access television but we're going with philadelphia standard standard black and white tvs only uh chris dallas and philly yo if philly doesn't win this city's gonna be more on fire than what it is right now outside my window here in fishtown philadelphia is gonna win this (laughs) and the monday night matchup i think we've talked about this before easy one tampa bay new york football giants (laughs) come on but let's go bucks might be going might be going to the massage parlor after this one let's go bucks (laughs) chris (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah. Another laughable game here. Oh, my goodness. Well, folks, I think that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. We'd like to thank our professional sports fan, Chris, from Philadelphia, joining us once again. And uh, my co-host, Obed, any last words for the people before we head out? Vote, vote, vote. Get out there. Make your vote heard. Come on. If you don't want losers telling you what to do, get some new ones in there. <laughs> I feel you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Twitter at the WWENT. For our guest, Chris, and for my co-host, Obed, I am sure we will catch you guys next time. Peace. 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 Love.